Hey, hello you lovely lot and welcome to episode 117 of Near Perfect Pitch. Well, fasten your seatbelts, it's going to be a beauty today. Let's start things off by saying how sad it is in terms of loss this week. We've lost another gem. We've lost Mark Hollis, and there's going to be a lot of Talk Talk thematic material throughout the course of the programme. I'll get into more detail later. And I can also let you know that this programme is brought to you by Matt Flint Deep Cut and the chocolate malted milk, no less. Now, Matt Flint used to be in Revolver and uh, did play in Death in Vegas and is now fronting Deep Cut and they're back with their third album proper called Different Planet and it is delicious. I've played stuff from it before and you're gonna learn a lot, lot more about it come the end of the program. I'm gonna play a song right now, which is by Talk Talk and just to impress upon you, the unmitigated, unequivocal, unparalleled genius of Mark Hollis. What a gent, and uh, he's going to be sorely, sorely missed. And I'll be back to tell you all the details of what you can expect to hear in the next two and a half, three hours or so. Here's Talk Talk of the magnificent The Colour of Spring. Yeah. 
with the lead track to their second LP, 1989 Century Flower on Rough Trade Records. That is Shelley Ann Orphan with Shattered. And before that, off their third majestic third of five LPs. That's Talk Talk's Colour of Spring and a tune entitled I Don't Believe in You. And if you are a music stickler, which you should be, you need to listen to Talk Talk in lossless format either on a fantastic turntable or uh, in a wonderful digital delivery with some top headphones and maybe maybe it might go towards your understanding of our purpose and the meaning of life because music for me is the only thing that makes sense on this uh, spinning sphere of lunacy and talk talk go a long way to helping me find some peace and some solace and mark hollis god bless him will be missed immensely what a diamond of a bloke next up spaceman three
What a top slicer pop that is. From Columbus, Ohio. That is the Candescence, thecandescence.com. And that is the lead track to their new Grass EP. And a tune called Wet Tuesday. The perfect prescription on Glass Records was Spaceman 3's second LP from 1989. And we heard Take Me to the Other side that's four songs in now let's tell you what you can hear uh, in uh, terms of new releases well we've heard one already you've heard the wet tuesday track by the candescence up next we've got something new by drenge and between now and the end of the program you will hear new material by margot haven i saw on the jinx from liverpool who are outstanding flame retardant bears have some new material which is rather good as my chair creaks relentlessly and uh, what else have we got new releases well all the deep cut songs at the end of the program are new releases and then in the next sort of uh, interlude i will let you know uh, what else you can hear on top of the special features which are of course tinterweb time of the obligatory fall ah weekly peel some cover versions we've got cover me once we've got cover me twice we've got essential wax this week which is razor cuts and we also have a losing one shit which is again another track by the magnificent talk talk here's drenge Staring up the beginnings of the backlash And the light outside is longer 
top indie popsters Margot from London and that's their sixth single it's called Arles and it's a rather good soundcloud.com slash Margot Zeko that's M-A-R-G-O-T-Z-E-K-O and before that Drench an LP track off their brand new in third LP on Infectious Records that uh, LP concern is called Strange Creatures and the song is called uh, This Dance Next up, what have we got? Oh yes, we're off to uh, Toronto to hear the latest single from Havens. Havens have been on the show and uh, you can follow Andrew, who is essentially Havens, at musicbyhavens.bandcamp.com and this particular tune, the latest single, is called Taking Me Away. Kiss 
unannounced and cheekily gave you a hat trick. And the last of the three songs that we just heard was by Teeth of the Sea, the first single pulled off their new Wraith LP, teethofthesea.bandcamp.com. They are rather good, and that's a tune called I'd Rather Jack. And before that, Quick Canal, with guest vocals by the gorgeous Letitia Sedje uh, of Stereo Lab. That's Atlas Sound, with a tune called Quick Canal. They're from Atlanta, Georgia, and that's off uh, the Logos LP from 2009, I believe. I'm just trying to, trying to see, if, see if my memory can serve me dutifully well. I think it is 2009. And we kick things off with something brand new, another new release from Toronto's Havens, uh, Taking Me Away, music by havens.bandcamp.com to San Francisco now to hear something by Hot Flash Heatwave. Social climate, surface dwellers on an island. On an island! On an island! 
method, social climate, Seth as well as on an island. Social climate, Seth, as well as on an island. I saw and the jinx. Top Top Scousers, and that's their latest release on an island. I saw and the jinx.bankout.com. God, I love that song, it's fantastic. And uh, before we heard that, we heard San Francisco's Hot Flash Heat Wave with a tune called Floating off their new Mood Ring EP, Hot Flash Heat Wave.bankout.com. We've got our obligatory fall R track coming up next off their 10th LP, The Friends Experiment. Going to hear an Oswald defence lawyer. Then after that, it's uh, Tinterweb time. Uh, you can also expect to hear, we've got Weekly Peel this week. That's broadcast, which is rather cool. And non-new release-wise, you've got some art school girlfriend, Ariel Pink, some Belly with a cover version, Blue Tones, more talk talk, some Revolver as chosen by Matt Flint, who we're going to be talking to at the end of the programme about his deep cut career. His kickoff for his career was Revolver and a great band they were too so I wanted to do justice to them and also we're going to be hearing some material by the Unthanks and uh, Ambulance Limited and that should uh, take us to a full complement of three, three and a half hours or so. Here's the fall. Yeah. 
track and that's Oswald Defence Lawyer that is off the 10th LP The Friends Experiment on Beggar's Banquet Records from 1988 so another special feature out of the road now it's time for this one Since we have time, boys and girls, it's our weekly heaping of digital fodder and ephemera. And this week, I'm going to give you a little bit of an education if you're not already familiar with Indie Through the Looking Glass, a personal view from indie pop goddess Joe Bartlett. So again, be uh, cognizant of the URL, IndieThroughTheLookingGlass.com, and I'll tell you what it's all about. My name is Joe. It's not, but you know what I mean. I grew up in a village in Surrey, the sixth child and second daughter of Dr. Callum and Mrs. Alice Bartlett. Each summer we went on holiday to the Isle of Barra in the Outer Hebrides of Scotland. That's a long way from Surrey, where my father had grown up. See my dad's wonderful 35mm photos of those holidays from 69 to 76. There's a link here. I was in my first band at 14. I promoted my first gig at 17. I went on to promote loads of gigs at the Buzz Club in Aldershot, which I started with Danny Hagen in 1985. I booked bands including the Stone Roses, Blair, the Manic, Suede, Happy Mondays, Primal Scream, and the Charlatans, and lots more. Soon you'll be able to see all the flyers, posters, live recordings and memories I've collected on this very site. Danny and I were always in bands while we promoted those gigs. We were part of the C86 movement. Yes, they were releasing a couple of 12s on Dan Treacy's Dreamworld uh, Records. She worked in London as a press officer and plugger for independent label Ultimate Records, which churned out a lot of good stuff, and she did that between 91 and 96, organising press trips to Japan, TV appearances, radio sessions, live reviews for loads of great bands, including the, an included uh, TV appearance here by Sensor, who were fantastic. They could knock it out of the park, could Sensor. I've uh, released records in many guises over the years on various labels. Uh, Joe and Danny, her band, signed to RCA in 2000. Danny and I had our music used for the goal roundup on match of the day and had a single of the week on virgin radio drive time but ultimately providing we clearly weren't meant for the world of majors we were dropped not long afterwards luckily this caused us to start the green man festival which is world renowned now they started that in 2003 we moved on from the green man in 2011 after booking such artists as robert plant flaming lips bonnie Vare, mumford and sons James Blake, Billy Bragg, The National, Laura Marling, Bonnie Prince Billy, and oh, so many more. So much more. I'm only writing about the first three Green Man festivals. Danny and I started it from nothing and ran it on our own up until that point. So those are the important ones to me. We had our music used by Liam Gallagher, included on the guitar, hero computer game, the, as the Yellow Moon Band. I'm uh, still making music as part of Kodiak Island, which I play a lot on the programme. I'm also working on a solo project uh, as Christine X. Played some Christine X last week, involving cassettes, guitars and synths. I'll be releasing a track for every letter of the alphabet. So that's all about Joe Bartlett. You need to subscribe to this website, indiethroughthelookingglass.com. And there you have it, that's this week's Tinterweb Time. Well, of course, now it's time for another track, some flame-retardant bears. Wearing 
got blisters on my hands and thumbs, elusive targets.
this week's weekly peel and that goes back to uh, the 6th of october 1996 echoes answer that's broadcast birmingham's broadcast featuring the lovely vocals of trish keenan who sadly passed in 2011 the original of this tune echoes answer uh, appears on their wlp 2000s the noise made by people on warp records and before we heard the uh, immense broadcast as our weekly peel session track we had flame retardant bears flame retardant bears.com off their second and new lp running and hiding they've been on the program too they are rather rather good up next something from brighton's dreams of empire a new tune it's their third release it's called swarm
That's Ariel Pink, Ariel Marcus Rosenberg, a.k.a. Ariel Pink, off the Pom Pom LP from 2014 on 4AD Records. That's Lipstick. And before we heard Lipstick by Ariel Pink, we heard Brighton's Dreams of Empire with their third and latest release entitled Swarm. And that was mellifluous and beautiful, was it not? So next up, it's time for some art school girlfriend. They're from Margate, and this is a track off their latest EP entitled Into the Blue Hour, a track called Moon. you 
A gentle breeze from Hushabye Mountain softly blows o'er Lullaby Bay. It fills the sails of boats that are waiting, waiting to sail your worries away. first cover version of the show this week that's belly that's tanya donnelly with hushabye mountain at the time in 2017 this uh, cover was belly's first new material in 22 years and uh, hushabye mountain is a song as taken from chitty chitty bang bang the film and uh, it was available only to early pledges for uh, for a belly project but now if you go to bellyofficial.bankout.com you can get it gratis. So get on that right now before they change their minds and take it down. So before we heard Hushabye Mountain by Belly, we heard Moon by Art School Girlfriend and Everett Margate and uh, artschoolgirlfriend.bandcamp.com is how you can keep in tune with them. Next, Blue Tones.
we're still remembering Mark Hollis. That's It's My Life, as done by Mint Julep. And you can find out more about them at soundcloud.com slash Keith Kenneth. And that's Keith, K-E-N-N-I-F-F. And uh, that's our second cover version this week. Now it's time to listen to something by Revolver. Matt Flint, we're going to be talking to him at the end of the programme. He's in Deep Cut, that's his band. But Matt used to be in a band on Hut Records called Revolver. And they were absolutely magnificent. It's a song as chosen by Matt himself, which you'll hear later on in the interview. Nothing Without You off their only real proper studio LP, 1993's Cold Water Flat. Here's Nothing Without You.
Well, that's the lead track to this week's Essential Wax, which is Storyteller by Razor Cuts from 1988. And I can tell you that Essential Wax, Essential LP that you must own, is brought to you every week by everythingindieover40.com. Visit them, join their army. It's like-minded folk like us, like good tunes. And uh, they do an absolutely bang-up job in terms of reminding you of what uh, was brilliant in days gone by. And uh, it's very comprehensive. Love what they do. And I'm just very happy to be associated with them. Before I get more into razor cuts and this week's Essential Wax, and tell you that before we heard Storyteller, we heard Nothing Without You by Revolver off their only proper studio LP, Baby's Angry didn't really count. That was done by Caroline Records in the States to compile the first three EPs with some notable omissions. Sorry, not emissions. That would be the wrong word, wouldn't it? And um, anyway, this constitutes their first LP, and, and Matt chose this song himself. Nothing without you. Now let's get back to our essential wax. This week it's their debut of two studio LPs is uh, Storyteller by Razor Cuts, both LPs on Creation Records. They are from London, and they started off in 1984, centred around uh, Gregory Webster and Tim Vass. They were both previously in the cinematics um, they had a lot of early releases on subway organization and uh, their debut big pink cake led to a deal with creation let's see one more song off of this week's essential wax let's hear brighter day since that day i haven't felt the same and I'm not even sure if I can say When I last thought about my life Could be one The lamp that lights my room And the colors of the pictures on my wall Seem to shine much brighter now Brighter now Brighter now I've got to make this light somehow Don't know why I never Takes for half an hour to pass when you're waiting for someone. All the glow in the rays of golden light, the chimney brush the curtains at my window. Every day is brighter now Brighter now Brighter now Every day is brighter now Brighter i 
pigeon's car And when I set them free It's just like part of me
Well, that is the Unthanks, and that song makes the hair on the back of my neck stand up. It's an absolutely magnificent tune. Now, they're an English folk group known for their uh, eclectic approach uh, in combining traditional English folk, uh, especially from the, from the region of Northumbria, and they do that with other musical genres. This is off 2012's Diversions Volume 2, The Unthanks, aided and abetted by uh, the Brighouse and Rastrick Brass Band, and that is a song called The King of Rome, and it is absolutely magnificent. Before that, the second of two tracks of our Essential Wax, as brought to you by Everything Indie Over 40.com. We had Bright Today, two songs off this week's Essential Wax, which is two songs off this week's Essential Wax, which is 1988 Storyteller by Razor Cuts on Creation Records. Go out and purchase it. Next up, we're going to hear something by the Immaculate Rupains, a session that he did not too long ago for the Mahogany Sessions. A message to myself.
Yeah, I just think I'll write a brilliant song and uh, just leave it as a demo and never release it. That's Mark Hollis. That's a solo unreleased demo from uh, from 1979. It is just immense. It's called Crying in the Rain. Go to dailymotion.com slash video slash X272YIH. Snag it before it disappears. Um, and before that, Rupain's with uh, a message to myself. That's the Mahogany Sessions version and uh, all Rue's materials on CRC Music, a stellar, stellar record label. Now, it's uh, our last Talk Talk song of uh, the evening because this is a, a deep cut special. We're talking to Matt Flint in just a few minutes. But uh, of course, you cannot ignore Mark Hollis leaving this planet. So I wanted to uh, do justice to that. Here's this week's Losing One Shit, which really is just rolling back the years and just going mental to what in popular parlance is a banger. And uh, this in the day was just that. It was a song that uh, it changed an awful lot. Synth pop magic.
with their debut single from 2004. That's Ambulance Limited and a tune called Heavy Lifting. It appears on their one and only LP, cunningly entitled LP. And before that, Talk Talk, the extended version of uh, said track by Talk Talk, as penned by Mark Hollis, their second single from 1982. That's this week's Losing One Shit, the extended version of said track. Now, let's hear a couple of deep cut songs in a row before we have a chat with Matt and learn all there is to know about deep cut past, present and future. And uh, I'll be back after these two songs to set that up for you.
that's alarm button and that is deep cut off a different planet the third and latest lp brand spanking you get your copy at the deepcuts.bandcamp.com and that was preceded by another track off the magnificent lp entitled no both tracks as chosen by matt and now it's time for me to have a chat with him enjoy this and i'll be back to play one more song off the lp before i trundle off and uh, say my goodbyes Hello, it's uh, Dara. Is that Matt? Yeah, it is. Yeah, hi. Hey, Matt, how are you keeping? I'm good, thanks. How are you doing? Not bad. Not bad at all, things considered. What you uh, you must be, uh, well, you're welcome in the weekend. It's not quite there for us. It's about two o'clock here. Are you, yeah, uh, yeah. You got plans? Yeah. You got plans tonight, or is it a low key one tonight? Well, um, I think it's just low key tonight. We've had, um, we've had a couple of yeah, I have to keep reminding myself that you are immensely younger than myself. I remember, I used to, I forget what year it was, but you used to live in Ladbrook Grove, didn't you? Uh, I, I didn't actually, but no. um, I think it was our manager, it's right back in the day, involved manager was based in Ladbrook Grove, and so we were there quite a lot, and in fact, Okay, because I used to I used to see you on occasion pottering about around there in Portobello Market, that type of stuff, way back when. Yeah, I mean that sounds right. I mean I had a lot of friends in my London, but I, I kind of in, in those days I uh, um, I lived in sort of Tottenham Park and Archway. Yeah. Um, sort of north, um, and then I gradually kind of moved eastwards, um, and then ended up living in Leytonstone for like thirteen years. Blimey. Well, well, anyway, that, that would at least explain <clears throat> why I kept uh, seeing you in the band pottering around that, that neck of the woods. Yeah, I mean, we were there a lot. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Well, for, well, after I immediately sort of get into something semi-irrelevant, I wanted to get into something entirely relevant, and, th- and that's the new record. And um, it's brilliant, and I'm sure you've heard it from a lot of people other than myself. You must be uh, immensely happy with it. Yeah, I mean, it's... Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, there's a bit of a story behind it, really. I mean, it, it, um, we actually finished it in 2015. Um, Is that right? Called, yeah, started recording it um, in 2013, finished it, finished it at the start of 2015, and got it mastered and ready to go. Um, it was supposed to come out that year, but for one reason or another, um, we just kept putting it. forth because your your career is well documented and i've been a fan since 
since of course that you know the first revolver uh, EP and I know it's a difficult time for you to talk about but it, it is very contextual it's your it's your genesis it's your trajectory and, and it started off as literally you know uh, late teen early 20 something yeah. being being literally chucked in the deep end of an industry that was wholly unfamiliar with yeah. no with no guidebook essentially signing for signing for a, a major parading around as a, as a, as a boutique uh, indie label merchant and yeah. churning out a, a really impressive oeuvre of, of, of music, but in a very confusing sequence for people who really wanted to follow you. Is that fair to say? I guess so, yeah. I mean, I mean I, by the way, just to say, I'm, I'm perfectly all right talking about it. It's, 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 you know, I look, I look back on it with as, 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 as many happy memories as, uh, as, as uh, bad ones. I'm glad you do, because it's something... Yeah. To be proud of. I just, I just know that you had a. Um, what I'm driving at, Matt, is I know that you, you experienced bad luck, and you know, yeah. in terms of, uh, in terms of, you just took a different trajectory or a different fork in the road. Who knows what might have happened? You were just sort of uh, yeah. vi the victims well, of timing. Yeah, I mean, that is, I guess that's how I, um, how I sort of look back on it. Really, I, mean, I think um, it's very much a system of the way I know that you know how strong that EP is. It's 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 yeah. ridiculously strong. And somebody should have somebody should have said to me, she should have said, look, um, you know, you, you just need to get an album out and capitalise on, on all this attention that you're getting. You couldn't pick up um, a, a magazine or you know a, a music press for what seemed like that true enough no it was I think it was I mean you were you were yeah. you were indie darlings for for, for, for for quite a few months and yeah momentum got lost and, and baby's angry and that's it. yeah that's it. you see I I kind of but I mean any band that's, that's playing live uh, you know you're playing half an hour sets I mean that's you know that's that's an album yes you're in the studio, you've probably got another couple of songs that you 
aren't playing live, you probably can make another couple up while you're in there, you know, and so I think that was the biggest mistake that we made, we should have got the, the album out, you know, straight away, instead of um, someone, at, someone at Virgin or someone at A&R, I guess it's an A&R job, they should have said to you, yes. you're wrong, you get an album out, you can worry about making a classic on your kind of third or fourth one, you know, just get the album out, keep the momentum going, and, and, and you know, but, um, Nobody said that. We were allowed to do what we wanted, you know, because part of our thing is designing to do, part of our, because uh, we had the choice to set a different labels, I and mean, one of our things was, you know, we, we were only trying to get complete, complete artistic control and make our own decisions, and of course, I think what we, we kind of ended up getting that, and, and, and really, it, it would have been good if, if we hadn't had that. We needed a bit more guidance, you know, in terms of, um, I mean, I think the other, the other thing was that I, I kind of, I, when we put out the first EP, I just I didn't con- consider for a minute, uh, for a moment, that uh, the day before the best songs I'd ever write. I just assumed there was going to be just an endless supply coming, isn't there? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, it, it didn't it didn't even occur to me, you know, to hold them back. It's like, well, these are just the start. Yeah, you know. So you, you, you know, hindsight is a wonderful thing, you know. Um, it's also very cruel. Yeah, but I mean, you know, I, 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 I kind of, you can make, you can sit here now and sort of criticise all the things that you, that you, that you did wrong and you can analyse it and overanalyse it, but I don't know, I think, uh, yeah, I just, I just assumed that it, it, it would keep going. Well, uh, well, as a fan, you know, as, as I sort of watched the progression and then, and then the anomaly of Babies Angry came out in, in the hopes to satiate sort of a burgeoning North American audience, those, yeah. as you quite rightly say, those efforts could have been better spent on amalgamating the EPs into into a serious LP, maybe supported by one single, perhaps two at a push. And then, of yeah. course, you know, with, with Cold Water Flat being the only album album to represent a career, um, yeah. it doesn't take away from, from, you know, the fans know, we know that the body of work, whether it's on a series of EPs or whether it's a conglomerate of other singles complemented by a full length, doesn't matter. The body of work, although, you know, we're, we're talking about 25, 30 songs, really, at the end of the day, yeah. As strong as anything, and um, you lot listening well, out there, it's all sourceable, and you need to get your hands on it. That's very nice of you to say, thank you. Well, again, I've followed your career, and it's a wonderful progression. Again, looking looking, uh, and listening to some of the demos, for instance, from 1990, which I'm lucky enough to have, and then listening yeah. listening to the progression to the EPs, and then, of course, there was the, the live record that came out uh, uh, for, for you lot who might have missed it out there, uh, which has got similarly well well produced. These are very good versions. Did you have any involvement with Access All Areas, uh, Matt? Well, um, yeah, I did. Um, they were asking me for quite a long time if I wanted, wanted it to come out, and I was kind of in two minds, really, because um, we were at that stage where... It was kind of a year to last, maybe a year and a half into our since we've been signed. And we were going through that whole thing of, yeah, we don't want to play that one anymore, we've been playing that for, for a year, so we need to play a new one. And but some of those songs were sort of in between, you know, some of the songs off, off that were gonna that would go on to be on Cold Water Flat, they weren't quite fully formed. Yeah. Or all that well rehearsed. And so I kind of thought to myself, do I want this out? You know, it's kind of annoying that there's, there's no painting pictures on it, there's no crimson on it. 
you know, it's like, and, and the guys coming on at the end playing the brass, it doesn't really work for me. And I don't know, I was kind of, I just, I just sort of, I, I was in two minds about it. And then someone pointed out to me, look, you know, you, you're so lucky to have this, this document that so many bands of your, um, you know, of our contemporaries at that time haven't got anything like this that came out that was filled so well and pretty, you know, quite, quite professionally done. So, in the end, I just, I just went with it. I thought, yeah, <laughs> yeah. might as well. It's not, with all due respect, it's not a Meisterworks, but it's lovely to have something in an official yeah. capacity that's not a bootleg, that, that does a, a pretty good job of live yeah. representation for you. Yeah, yeah, that, I mean, that, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I mean, I, um, I just wish that we had something that, uh, you know, we actually got quite a lot better. We, we were really uh, we were really good when we first started, and then we went, had a bit of a, that, that phase was that that, that that film was of, is where we were kind of trying to work out what we were going to do next sort of thing. And then we got really good again after, after that, I thought, towards the end, just we sort of got, you know, once we sorted out how to play some of the more difficult tracks of Cold War Black, once we worked out how to play, we got really good and powerful again. But I think we, that's just my own feeling about that. Yeah, I do, I do. But you know, when you do listen to the LP itself, um, it, it's 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 a fantastic LP that, that really didn't gain a fraction of the prominence it deserved. And, and I, you know, it's one of those records that I revisit frequently because it, it's 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 as good as any uh, any of your contemporaries on on other such labels that are legendary, which shall yeah. remain nameless. We all know what we're talking about here. So I mean, I mean, I mean, I, the thing about it for me is that. Um, the thing that I remember from from that era is that I, you know, I, all my memories of mentioning Cold that are good ones. They're all happy. Great. And it was the first time that we've been in the studio, and you've got to remember we were, we were kids really, and it, it's the first time that I've been in the studio where where I felt comfortable and where I sort of felt in control of, of what's happening. Where I where I actually felt like I was the boss, if you know what I mean. Where, yeah. Where, where, where I I, I pretty much decided everything. Whereas before that, we were... I mean, obviously, in, in collaboration with, with everybody else, but what I mean is I, just, I didn't feel like I... Uh, there was something... It was very much a learning process those first few years. It was the first time I sort of felt able to, you know, to stand behind the mixing desk and speak to the engineer like, and not feel like, it, like I shouldn't be there. Do you know what I mean? Yes, and, you uh, deserve to be there. And, and you know, so, so and I, and I the, the other thing is, is that I put my absolute heart and soul into making that, that record. Whereas, and this is going to sound a bit weird, but whereas with the EP, I kind of didn't really, I didn't really sort of try. Okay. It just sort of happened. Yeah. We ended up in the studio and we had to record some songs and, and we did them. And I didn't really think about it too much. It's just what we did. It was just the next thing to do. Yeah. Yeah. Whereas, whereas the album, I don't know if I'm explaining it, but the album, a lot of thought has gone into it, and every single note on it has been thought out, and, you know, I mean, I think maybe that might be one reason why some people prefer the early repeats, because they've got more of a kind of naivety and more of a, uh, you know, you can kind of hear that in a way, that yeah. the band just, just flying along, you know, without really kind of thinking about it, but... 
That's fair. That's a fair comment. I mean, at the end of the day, we all know that there should have been an album prior to Cold Water Flat, and Cold Water Flat would have really drawn a line in the sand in terms of your progression. It would have been a lot more palpable with two two LPs. But they're two different. They're two different ubers of work in an aggregated capacity. There, the full body of work, but. The word mature, as you've alluded to there, does strike me with, with Cold Water Flat, but it doesn't take away from the wonderful naivety of uh, some young teens, early 20s, rattling out some uh, EPs yeah. that who didn't at the time realise just how bloody good they were. Yeah. Well, yeah, thank you. Yeah. Not, not at all. So I think we've had a, a fairly good education uh, on, on, on Revolver. Um, save for one last question. I'm just wondering, are there anything, any other tracks sort of... Uh, sitting in the dust somewhere, like sessions and, uh, and demos that, that you'd be prepared to release, or is it something that's not even on the agenda for you? Well, um, with stuff like the session, with sessions and, um, and things like that, I, I've tried to be quite proactive in terms of whenever I get I mean, some of the stuff I, 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 I've had, like, I've owned pretty much all of it or had recordings of everything that we did. Yeah. I've tried to put it all up on our SoundCloud as and when I get it. Yeah. Um, so there are there are sort of demos and and, and, and alternative versions up on, on there. Um, but it, in terms of some like completely unreleased stuff, um, when when we got dropped by Virgin in uh, autumn of nineteen ninety three, we we were going to well we, we carried on. We were going to when we tried to get another, you know, we were going to carry on and, and try and get another record deal. And there are about 13 or 14 songs from that in that period, end of, end of 92, beginning of 94. Ah. Um, which I've always felt would make a pretty good album. Um, but they, they kind of need finishing off. You know, they're not, they're not good enough to release. I mean, they're kind of all right, you know. They, they could come out and, and be called demos, I suppose. But um, there's a few... Again, it's a selfish question from a fan who just wants more material. But you know, at least I know that, uh, and those that are listening know know that they exist, and at some point there may be a chance of them seeing light of day, which which is good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's, there's definitely there's a strong EP in there. Um, oh, good. And I think, and I think probably probably an album. Well, you've dipped your foot. Not, not all, not all thirteen or fourteen songs are a classic, that's for sure. But it's definitely, definitely, <laughs> there's definitely a few good songs. Lovely. Well, you've you've, um, you've touched upon that quite nicely, and, and uh, the latest record, the first two, of course, on, on AC, on, you know, on Club AC Thirty. Yeah. Your, your foray into Bandcamp, of course, is 
it's new terrain for a lot of people. It seems it seems to be working for you um, at, at this juncture in terms of being able to you know d disseminate the material and, and, and get it out. There. Are, you, are you happy with how things have been in terms of the self management uh, aspect for the for the for the new record? Well, basically, uh, what happened was um, the club basically um, started the friends of us are and not just people that record that people that we know really well and uh, the plan was that the first album would come out on 1830 um, and it was, it was I gave it to them in summer of 2015 and they couldn't release it that year because they've got a couple of other quite big sort of flagship sort of releases coming out Yeah, you know we're going to take up all their, their time and uh, sort of long story short you know it was like well We'll release it next year. And then in, in 2016, um, me, me and Anna both moved out of London. And um, it, it turned out to be quite a complicated house, and it ended up taking most of the year. So 20, we didn't want to kind of, kind of you know, release a record while we, we were in the middle of like domestic sort of, uh, really. <laughs> Domestic upheaval, and, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> and, and so it's. Um, and, and the club education kind of thing was always, and very understandably, their thing is, you know, we'll put your record out and we'll promote, and we'll, you know, take the manufacturing and we'll, you know, we'll, we'll pay them to the PR and things like that. But obviously they expect you to promote it and they expect you to do live, you know, to do as many live shows as you can. Yeah. And, and to try and promote it. And, and uh, you know, we were, we were, we were in a situation where we couldn't really come to find lines that year, and then Emma again um, wanted to move to Emma, then went back to college and she was um, to do a master's degree, um, which was very, very time consuming. And uh, no, that explains we, things. We just couldn't. We just couldn't at any point say to her, "Yes, we are going to. We yes, we now got some time to play play yeah. live." We just just the idea of doing gigs. At, the, at that point, was um, you know, it just wasn't something that we could do. I mean, we live, we now live in, in, in Surrey. My brother lives in Hampshire. He's a bass player. Yeah. Ian, our drummer, he lives in Kent, and I've been retired from Hampshire because he lives in North London. So we've all got jobs. Still, we've got kids. Just even trying to all have rehearsal is a bit of a bit of I can only imagine. I speak to all manner yeah. of bands, and it's it's the same. It's the same for everybody, and and I yeah. I, I marvel at how you can juggle domestic life with yeah. uh, creativity. What? Right, that's what? it. That's it. Yeah. So we're yeah. talking Bandcamp. The record came out, and uh, all those things yeah. contributed to it not being the best timing, and it came out because you thought it's got it's got yeah. a, it's got to see light of day, hasn't it? And basically, our um, drummer Ian, he runs his own little very small little record label uh, called Gardenor. Yes. Uh, and he said it, you know, he was quite happy for it to come out on his label. So um, so we went with that. So it's kind of like self-financed through through Bandcamp, but it comes out with with the Gardenor name on it. So, that's, yeah. that's great. And uh, Ian's uh, he's done some work with Lawrence lately, hasn't he, if I'm not mistaken? He, he's worked with virtually everybody. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's in about he's in about fifteen different groups. Yeah, he's yeah. hard he's hard to nail down, that's for sure. He's all over the place, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 
but he he was he he played guitar for Death and Vegas when when I was when I was playing bass for them. That's right. Yeah. yeah that's. I mean, you've 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 been you've been joining the hip for goodness knows how long, haven't you? The pair of you. Uh, well, I think we, I think he, he started playing with him just before me. Uh, I, I joined in um, early '96. I think he'd been, he'd been doing it for about a year before that. And so, uh, yeah, we we both played pretty much every show with, on all the records from from then up until 2005, when when the band sort of when Richard Fearless, the main guy, sort of moved to New York and yeah. sort of put the band on an indefinite break before. That was a, brought, go ahead, yeah. sorry, go ahead. Before he brought it back a, a few a few years ago, it was more of a sort of pure kind of techno thing. Yeah, yeah, it's certainly a different sound to, to what it was when you were in the band. But I, I've deliberately not spoken about about those days, yeah. not, not because I don't like them. I mean, I, I love Richard's work and I loved your work in it and I've gotten the majority of the records. But um, yeah. I, I'm mainly concerned about Matt Flute being the creative impetus and that's that's why you know revolver heavy and of course talking about about deep cut whereby you are at the helm and that, that's got no res- disrespect at all intended towards richard but it's two different animals sure yeah i'm quite happy to talk to i'm quite happy to talk about uh whatever you like oh my goodness me that's that well, be careful what you wish for i was gonna uh, i i can't not talk about covers with certain bands and i know that you uh you'd pondered way back when doing some uh, doing some jesus and mary chain uh and uh, I'd also read, I can't remember where I read it to be frank, that you were uh, particularly enamoured with Streets of Your Town by Go-Betweens. And ironically, I interviewed Robert Forster this week, which is which was just, wow. a, was just a joy, because the man's a bloody hero. Um, yeah. ju- just just wondering if you've ever uh, thought about getting that, that Mary Jane thing down on the tape, or if there's anything else that you're burning to cover that you've not actually uh, took a stab at. No, I mean, the thing about that was, I mean... Basically, Club uh, Club AC30 did um, a series of albums. Maybe it was just one album, or, or maybe two, where they got they got lots of the sort of shoegaze acts of the day to cover yeah. classic, you know, classic what they would call each, I guess each other. Classic. Yeah. In, well, 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 or slightly older, you know, um, you know, kind of the original, the newer. The, the sort of newer wave of shoegaze bands, if you like, covering the sort of older original ones. Yes. Um, and I, I, you know, I, I, I kind of didn't. I, we were asked to do it, and I didn't know what to. I couldn't think of anything to do, to anything to cover. Um, not being a massive fan of a lot of, that, of those. <laughs> so, 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 so the, the one band that I, you know, one of the bands that I really, I thought, I thought we can't cover my Valentine because how the hell could you? do that hmm, try um, yeah. yeah i mean i mean maybe you could do that and then the other thing is well if you, you know i mean i think if you're going to do a cover version you've got to really put your own stamp on it and really course. change it and yes. try and make it your own song in a way um i can't see the point of just doing a carbon copy um because those ones are never as good as the originals you know the best covers are the ones where it's, where it's something completely completely different yes um so i just had this kind of idea to do a sort of crap rock version of the Jesus and Mary song. <laughs> yes, that's but what I'm I really glad we did, I'm really glad we didn't do it because I think it would have probably been terrible. <laughs> well, that's very honest of you. It was just one of those morbidly curious things. And and, yeah. a, and again, just being a, a go-betweens fan, I read this the other day. It was just, I can't even remember where I read it, to be frank, Matt. But I can I can really see the this incarnation of the band doing some genuine justice to that beautiful song. But that's just yeah, me. Well, I mean, 
that that would be more. I mean, that would be something that I'd feel more comfortable doing. Yes, yeah. I think we could. Because I yeah, because I think we could put our own twist on that and make it a good track. Whereas I think it's something like the track we were going to do by the Mary Chain is so brilliant that you 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 know you just you would never. I think if you, I think my view is that you've got to try and not improve it, but just make it make it really different. And there's just something about the melody on that on that on that go between song and just it's not that I could ever write a song as good as that but I mean it's it's the sort of thing that we might come up with ourselves do you know what I mean I do I do yeah, yeah. I, I just had to um, ask because it's just I, I'm, I'm I'm fascinated by cover versions and of course they, they run the whole gamut from pointless to, to, to ridiculous to awful to to, to godlike and and yeah. uh, I, I, I make a habit of playing at least one a show because they, they do have a place in, in the, okay. the annals of music if they're, if they're done properly yeah for sure for sure I'm just wondering, um, with, with, with regards to the songwriting itself, I mean, Revolver, Revolver, uh, forgive me for saying this, but I'm sure you were flying by the seat of your pants, and by that, by that I mean you were just doing what you did without overthinking it, I, I would expect. But during the course of, of, of post-Richard post, uh, Fearless, when we're talking about uh, Deep Cut, has, has, has the writing differed from, from, from my thoughts to, to, to Different Planet? Um, I think we, yeah, uh, I think that we've become a lot, a lot better at what we do. I and mean, I know, you know, you're bound to say that three albums in, but um, the kind of actual process for, for, for writing the songs is probably quite similar. Yeah. It, you know, I, I, most of the songs, or pretty much all of the songs, come from me coming up with some chords on the guitar or a riff or, or even a bass line or something where I play it you know, for a couple of days and then I sort of think, you know what, I'll have a go at putting this down. Yeah. And then and then it all gets, you know, then it gets built on from, from there and then to the point where I, I take it to everybody else for them to sort of add their bits and we sort of arrange it all together. Um, I think that... Um, the first album is very much the sound of us playing live, pretty much. I mean, we when we when we, when we started the band up, we kind of we did lots of shows, we did lots of gigs um, in that first year, and the idea really behind the first album was just to sort of capture what, what the, you know, just as a sort of a record of what we were like live, really. You know, there's not a lot of over, overdubs on it. It's it's sort of, it's almost a live record. Yeah. With, with I mean, you know, with, 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 with a couple, you know, with, it's pretty much guitars, bass and drums and that's it, you know. Um, but with, with, with disorientation particularly, we kind of, we sort of started to add a lot more kind of electronic stuff in and, um, and, and things were sort of programmed a bit more. Um, um, but I think I think I think what we've done on the new one is that we've managed to you know we've managed to to sort of streamline the whole thing. We're a lot more kind of um, efficient as a sort of a, a team of people that kind of make music together. Um, I mean, because of because of the situation in terms of you know we all live in different places and and that you know we, we quite often we perhaps get one day a month. We're all together to work on music, 
Yeah. And so we've, we've got really good at kind of making every minute count that we're together. And um, I, I, I don't think my the writing's got any more significance or anything like that. You know, I just think it's just got more. I think I, I think I've become a lot happier as well to go with um, kind of first takes and, and 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 not be too obsessive about getting things exactly in tune or exactly in time and. I've become a bit more relaxed about leaving mistakes in and, and not planning. You know, I tried to, a lot of my favourite guitar players, you know, whether it's, I don't know, Thurston Moore or Roger McGuinn or whatever. Yeah. When you listen to their guitar parts, you kind of get the feeling that it's, it's got this kind of freedom where it doesn't sound like they're kind of, it, it sounds like they're just playing naturally what's coming out without having planned it, you know? Yes. And I, and I think if there was one criticism that I had of disorientation was was kind of that it was almost a bit over, overthought. And so I, I wanted, I wanted particularly on, on the three or four songs on the new record where I just, you know, it is just, you know, I wanted to record myself in the moment, just playing what came out and and um, making it much more, I don't know, uh, organic. As I try, just less, 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 just putting less constraints on myself. Yeah, just playing, you know, yeah. just playing. Well, that's uh, give, that's a yeah, metamorphosis, isn't it? Though, I mean, a metamorphosis for you being able to sort of just slowly just loosen your grip a little bit. That anal retentivity is not perhaps at the forefront now. You just want to. You want to get it out yeah. there? Well, I mean, I, I kind of have been guilty in the past of over, you know, I mean, uh, fiddling with tracks to the point of, you know, almost ruining them, yeah. you know, redoing parts and stuff. Getting all Kevin. Don't, don't get all... Very easy to do in the world of, you know, sure. recording, on, recording onto a laptop, you know, and not being restricted by numbers of channels or anything like that. You can just keep going on forever. And I, I have been guilty of that. It's taken me till really this record to kind of learn that, you know, quite often less is, is more and uh, and also there's that cliche about, you know, the, the first take can often be the best one. Yeah, um, yeah, often and often is I the mean, case, yeah. I mean, whilst, whilst I don't think it's always true, there's definitely something in that that, you know, the more you kind of get to do something, it loses something each time. Yeah, yeah. Of course, but again, never never throw away any takes. That's the golden rule because oftentimes you'll revert back to the first couple. Yeah, I mean, I'm not saying like we're a sort of freeform jazz act or anything like that. You know, <laughs> no, I don't think anyone's. I don't think anyone's uh, interpreting it that yeah. way. God forbid. No, no. So far, far from it, you know. But I mean, definitely. Uh, so if there's one thing that's yeah, but that's that's the kind of main. I just think I think the songs are better. The songs on Different Planet are definitely better than the songs on My Thoughts Like Flyers, for sure. Yeah, uh, you know, I'm convinced of that, and that's quite good to be getting better. You know. Um, and I must say, I must a say, people, a, lot, a lot of people when they, when they reach my age, you know, they they're, they're not getting better; they're getting worse. <laughs> yes. Um, yeah, well, they're getting your age in terms of what they call jump the shark and made that extra two or three records that they perhaps shouldn't have. But you're, you're nowhere near that point. I, I, no. I, I wanted to bring up Emma's vocals, especially in, on this record. They are they're just absolutely stunning. Um, and I'm not just talking delivery. I and mean, the production, of course, is, is is wonderful. Whether they've just whether they just land in that pocket, but 
did, did Emma do anything differently? Because I can't tangibly put my finger on it, but the vocals are just sweeping me away. Well, um, no, but I, I mean, I mean, I think, I think, I mean, again, it's it's kind of how I answered the last question, really. I think she's she's just gotten much better at doing it. I Fair mean, enough. She yeah. Never, she, yeah. She'd never sung before. My thoughts like fires, and um, she's got more confident, and she's got, um, you know, she's just got, yeah. One thing we decided to do on this uh, album, which was a definite, uh, a definite decision that we made up front, was that we, we wanted a lot more of the singing to be more relaxed and more gentle, um, just to give it that kind of dreamy, kind of trippy, you know, psychedelic feeling that a lot of our favourite records have. Yes. If you listen to you know, I, I love the Notorious Bird Brothers. That's one of my favourite records. Oh. The vocals of that are just so yeah. spacey and, and dreamy. I just wanted to try and get something close to that. I mean, another thing on this record is that we've spent quite a lot of time on harmonies. Yes. Um, which we didn't really do on the first album. And, and the other thing is that, I, you know, I mean, I, I'm singing on quite a lot of the songs this time. Um, so a lot of the time I'm singing... As well as Emma, so yeah. there's, there's, you know, it's, it's fuller. Um, yeah, it's, it's it's fuller for sure. More tracks, more vocal tracks. Yeah. yeah. So 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 there's a different sound there because I didn't do that on the first record either. At that point, I didn't want to sing at all, but um, but I kind of came around to the idea of of, us, of both of us singing because when we sing together, we, it it does sort of almost make a new a new voice, if you know what I mean, without sounding. No, absolutely. No, that that totally resonates and makes intrinsic sense. It's just. I'm, yeah. I'm, whenever I whenever I, I go through these uh, these interviews and speak to people who've been around for a long time, I, I, I want to encourage uh, the listenership to be able to to map the metamorphosis, the the, the transition. So you yeah. know, to, to 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 hear something from well, it's ten years now, if you can believe it. <laughs> I thought like, yeah. which is uh, most in many ways it must have gone by really quickly for you. In other ways, it must have dragged. But I mean, it's a full ten years since the first deep deep pick up here, which is it's crazy. crazy isn't it? Yeah, it's mental. Yeah, I mean, like like revolver existed for like three years you know yeah 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 it must have seemed an awful lot longer for you and for for, for us it seemed like you were around for ages but you actually weren't you're around in in modern terms you're around around for about five minutes which is crazy um just wondering um uh, have you got a favorite bit of kit at the moment that you're using um what, in terms of, of, of guitars or, or anything? Oh, uh, mainly or, just anything that can render sound, so essentially hardware, anything that, that you're favouring right now that, that, that you uh, are in love with? Um, um, if you haven't, it's totally fine. I just know that you're, yeah. you, you do like, you do like your, your, your tools and your bells and your whistles. I'm just wondering if you've got one at the top of the pile. Yeah, I mean, I, mean, I, I mean, I, I'm all about... And with guitars, I'm I, I'm very much all about um, a, a guitar straight into an amplifier. Yes. And 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 getting the sound from how you place the microphone and uh, and I like the I like the kind of physical sort of visceral sound of a of a of a, of a guitar straight into an amp. So I'm I'm not I'm not a big sort of effects guy. And I know a lot of people, you know, in, in in the sort of 
world that our band sort of inhabits, you know, a lot of people are really into their effects and they're huge pedal, pedal boards full of full of these different effects and it's all about how many effects you've got. So I, I, I kind of, I'm not really into that. Um, you know, I mean, I've got, I, obviously I, I use things like distortion yes. and furs and, and, and um, but, but I think, I, I think a lot of our stuff is, is very, very straightforward and, and, um, so I don't know. I mean, I've got a, yeah. I mean, I just really like beautiful guitars. That's the kind of main thing um, for me. Uh, but but no. in terms of, in, go ahead. Sorry, it's a bit of a delay. Go ahead, Matt. Sorry. In, in terms of our our recording, it's it's um, you you in, in terms of like the producer the producer's engineering kind of hat. You need to talk to Ian really about what his favourite what his favourite uh, tools are at the moment because he, he's the genius that puts it all together. Yeah, um, yeah. I just thought I just thought you might be favouring something. I had to ask because it's it's one of those things that yeah, yeah, no, sometimes I, it's, it's it's like asking for your secret sauce. I can certainly uh, appreciate that, but it's uh, if, if there's nothing top of the pile right now, there's nothing top of the pile right now. Um, I was wondering if you could do me a favour um, and yeah. could you choose three songs off the wonderful LP that, that um, I can play to surround... Uh, this interview and uh, the choice is entirely yours. You can choose any three, and even if you want to, if you even if you want to choose a, a song or two from uh, Disorientation or my, my Thoughts or even versions. I mean, it's entirely up to you. Well, I'm just looking at the CD now. Um, my favourite songs on the on the new. And I, I know that's not what you asked me, but my favourite songs on the new one are No, Yeah, Alarm Button, and Spirally. Okay. Well, I'll tell you what. You, um, let, let's just go with you. Let's just go with your faves, and, and, and I love all three of those. I mean, not, there's not a bad track on the album. But we'll go with those three. Can you can you tell us? Just touch upon perhaps why those three are, are so uh, prominent for you. Uh, gosh. Well, I mean, I think spiraling is kind of. Um, I don't know. I mean, I I tend to like I tend to like the. Uh, I, I tend to like the more kind of unusual, more heavy, psychedelic top tracks. Yes. Um, Spiraling's got a lot going on, but I think it's got a really good kind of groove. Um, it's, we, we sampled the beat from, a, from one of my favourite hip-hop records, and then we just played over the top. And, um, and um, it took forever to put together. It was like a real mission to get all the parts to, to fit together into a kind of like, a, into a sort of coherent song. Yes. But when we did it, we finished it, we sort of, I sat back and I was kind of like, you know, I, I, I can't, I can't quite believe we've done that. You know, it was like the, the biggest jigsaw puzzle. That we, <laughs> it was like trying to do it with a, a jigsaw without a, the actual picture of what you were trying to make, if you know what I mean. It was just really, so that, that was, that's why I like that because we, we, you know, we came close to scrapping it a couple of times and then, but we, but we, we persevered and now it's, now it's, it's one of my favourites. Mm. On the record, um, alarm button—it's. Uh, uh, I really like the synth parts on that. We we uh, we, we bought these new synths. It's probably going back to your, your previous question on bits of kit, but uh, we bought these three little synths that you that that you that you. They're basically you plug them all together and they sort of operate off each other. Right. And it, it was the day we got them that we made alarm button. So we kind of, I mean, I, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer in that kind of uh, 
for me, it seems to be the case that if I get a new piece of kit, a new guitar or a new synth or something, I do seem to be able to write a new song sort of straight away. I don't christen it. Kind of, so if ever I kind of dry, dry up for ideas, I just think, well, I'll just go and get I'll go and buy a new guitar today. <laughs> <laughs> That's going to be the catalyst to creativity, spending money. Yeah, that's it. Well, um, and uh, I don't know. I just like the kind of I like the kind of dreamy kind of vocals on it. I like the way we put the kind of this, this big kind of uh, we call it the bunny man guitar. We put this big <laughs> sort of you've got the Will Sargent effect up, have you? Yeah, that's what we were going for anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nothing, nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing, nothing I wrong. Never, I could never play the guitar as well as him, but I mean, yeah, that's what we were trying. Well, to with do. all due respect, few can, few can. I mean, Will Sargent is just different gravy and. array of three if you were to chuck in something um, for, from the revolver catalogue um, yeah I'll play an extra song uh, on, on this particular show because uh, I want I want to play some revolver what would you what would you choose I know it's a difficult question but uh, just choose well, one revolver song to chuck in there as well well my favorite revolver songs are nothing without you right um, and Wade. Fantastic. That's that's interesting that they'd be your favourites. Uh, nothing without you is just an absolute gem of a song. I'll, I'll play one of those two just to, just add some context yeah. to everybody. Um, I mean, the thing is, the thing about the thing about it is that uh, you know, with this question, um, you know, there are other songs that I think I can see why people like them more. There are other songs that, that I can see why people would say they were better songs. It's just that. I've heard them so many millions of times. <laughs> yes, what a subjective issue. Yes. I find it difficult to, to stand here and say, haven't sent an angel, you know, because it's like, that's the one everybody would choose. So. Never heard of it, yeah. never heard of it. But, but, <laughs> um, but yeah, I understand it's entirely subjective, and yeah, you, you are. Over the course of time, you are sick to death of it, and that's completely understandable. Um, I ask this question of everybody, um, regardless of, of, of who you might be, and it's completely unrelated to music. It's hypothetical. Mm. Uh, you probably expect, you know, it's coming, but... Uh, there's um, a hypothetical situation whereby deep cut the plane, playing off to her, and you're around my place, and got a nice, nice hot beverage in your hand, and I come out of the pantry with uh, with a magic biscuit tin, and I uh, ask you to choose any biscuit on God's green earth from said magic biscuit tin. What would you choose? Oh, um, uh, stumps the best of us, I tell you. I mean, this is a difficult one for me to answer because I, um, 
if you'd have asked me this a year ago or, or 18 months ago, my answers would have been different because um, I've, I, I've now given up dairy, so I don't eat butter, so I can't, I can't, okay. I wouldn't be able to pick many biscuits. Yes. In yes. the old, in the olden days, I would have chosen chocolate malted milks. I think. Really? Okay. Okay. Well, I'm going to put you for a chocolate malted milk in the hopes that uh, someday you'll be able to re-envelop them because that's that's a big miss. That's a big miss. They're good biscuits. I've got this uh, this intricate. I mean, Go ahead. Although, although Oreos are are um, are vegan, you know, they're they're dairy free. I think they're accidentally vegan. That's, that's so, we, that... we, 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 so we eat a lot of, we eat a lot of Oreos in our house. Well, that's really coincidental because I've got something that'll throw you. I've got in my hand here. My wife brought me just before I was recording this with you. She just came in from the shops. Uh, here, there's a brand new Cadbury's dairy milk, but it's new Oreo, yeah. new Oreo scented. So, and I, and I can tell you that I it took me about three bites to destroy it, and it is suitably good. But you, you couldn't have it. You could just eat the middle bit of the Oreo and then have to, to leave the dairy milk. But it's an odd combination, Oreo and dairy milk. First time I've ever seen it. And it's just coincidence that I saw it about half an hour ago, an hour ago, before I started to chat with you. So I'll put, I'm putting you down, whether you like it or not, for a chalky malted milk, and I'll send you uh, a copy of that. But in the meantime, in the meantime, it's a, it's a pleasure talking with you. And I'm just so happy that this record eventually did get released and... Uh, I, I know that there's going to be thousands and thousands of more people who are going to ultimately end up hearing it who are going to love it and be, be grateful that you did release it. So thank you for that. And, and in the interim, uh, please keep me posted with any goings on with, with, with Deep Cut and, and indeed yourself in remixes, etc. I will do, yeah. Thank, thank you very much for, uh, and for please, being interested. Oh, it's, a, it's an absolute pleasure. And, in, and tonight, uh, yeah, recuperate after your last uh, couple of nights of... Uh, burning the candle at both ends. Have a nice, quiet evening. Yeah, will do. All right. All the best, Matt. Take care. Talk to you soon. All right. Cheers, Many, many thanks, Matt. That was a great chat, and I hope you lot are uh, sufficiently indoctrinated. Go and buy all the Revolver stuff, get into Death in Vegas, and buy everything by Deep Cut. And also, listen to this.
deep cut that's spiraling that's three songs that we've heard off the lp the lp specifically their third album proper different planet go and snag it the deepcut.bandcamp.com huge thanks to matt thank you sir for your time and your candor on that chat thanks to you lot uh, every single one of you for listening and if you can between now and the next program i'll be very grateful if you can mention the program to all and sundry who you deem might benefit from listening to some decent tunes that'll be immensely appreciated all the best back next week with another interview and uh, 30 odd songs in the meantime be good stay warm be safe and uh, look after each other. Ciao.